Major League Liberty. Defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our happiness is always destroying the globalist agenda, exposing the flaws in fake news media, and of course, providing excellent entertainment. And this evening, it's good to have you with us tonight on Major League Liberty, brought to you by Liberty Prevails Media. Thank you all for joining us. Please like and share this. Please help us. We're fighting the Zuck. Share button's still, mine's still gone. So I'm asking you, please like and share this. Please get it out there. We're glad to have you guys with us here on the Monday Night Show. It's been too long. Missed you Patriots so much. We'll be talking about, we got some changes coming up. We'll let you guys know what's going on with that. Mitch Jones, how you doing, brother? Heather Kareen, it's good to see you in here. We've got Linda from Michigan. She's always in here. Super fan PK. we got a bunch of so co-patriots in here with Steffi Garbo. How you doing? Toph, how you doing? So please, you guys, help us beat the Zuck. Like and share. Get this out to all the Patriot groups. Get it out to your gun right groups. Seriously, you guys, because tonight we've got a heck of a guest on the show. But before we bring on the guest, I want to give a shout out to Zach in the back, producer man Zach, for doing his magic with the new software. A thank you to the guests also for helping us with that software. But before we go there, before we introduce the guest, i got to bring on the beast from the east. My man from out there, East Coast, my brother Jersey. How you doing this evening, Jersey? Patriots everywhere. What's going on? Man, it doesn't it feel these Mondays always feel good to me, man. I'm so excited. I'm excited for our guest tonight. And uh I'm just I don't know, I'm feeling all all, all giddy. I feel all giddy. I feel like a little, little school kid. Right. Well, you know, we got a lot to do. We've got a great show this evening. I mean, here's the deal, Jersey, is we've got a lot going on in this country. But the crazy thing is, is we're, we're and we happen to live in Colorado right now. It's a hotbed of politics. We got a governor who's definitely strayed away from his party. They try to run him as more of a libertarian Democrat. And I mean, what we're finding out is, is he's a socialist. He's pushing tons of socialistic ideas. We've got sex education bills. We, I mean, they've rammed it down our throats, but the th biggest thing that they've shoved down our throats here in Colorado that have us just totally upset and pissed off here at Major League Liberty and a lot of 2A people is the red flag gun uh, bill they passed here in Colorado, the Extreme Risk Protection Order. And tonight we happen to have on the show, I mean, he's a great man. A lot of people in Colorado, he's a rock star. Yes, he's a Colorado rock star. I mean, people know him not only in Colorado, but in neighboring states. I live in Southern Colorado, right on the New Mexico border. They're also a pretty big gun state, and they talk about this sheriff, I mean, all over the country now. So without further ado, I'd like to bring in the Colorado's rock star, Wild County Sheriff, Sheriff Steve Reams. How you doing this evening, Sheriff? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you so much for being on. And, you know, first and foremost, as a citizen of Colorado, I, I would like to thank you for standing up. You've been on the show numerous times, and we appreciate you for being on again. We know you're a busy man, but I do want to thank you for standing up for not only the Second Amendment, but like we talked to earlier. Um, and if you'd like to let our listeners know, what other amendments are they attacking us here in Colorado with this red flag bill? Well, you know, the easy one to talk about is the Second Amendment. But truly, uh, this is a due process issue more than anything. I mean, we're talking about restricting someone's gun rights, but we're doing it without any kind of due process. So you've got an attack on the 14th Amendment, but also the 4th, the 5th, uh, the 6th. And I, you could even argue the First Amendment in that if someone is making a comment that, you know, their neighbor or whoever doesn't like, uh, they can use this red flag bill to go after them. 
No, they can. And you've stood against it since day one. I mean, uh, here in my county, we actually approached the county commissioners. We brought them actually Weld County's uh, order in the beginning. What you guys came out with your resolution, they tweaked it their way. And our commissioners, and we have a sheriff, and he's a Democratic sheriff, but he stood with you down here in Los Animas County. And I want to thank you for getting that started because really you spearheaded the effort in Colorado. And, and without you, I don't know if it would have been as strong as it is right now. Well, it's just a matter of doing what uh, what was right by the people. I mean, we all, every sheriff takes the same oath that I took. And, uh, you know, that reads to support the U.S. Constitution, the Constitution of Colorado, and then the laws of the state. But if you pass a law that doesn't align with those two constitutions, then uh, I think you see where the problem is. And, you know, all those, uh, most of the sheriffs out there understand that. Unfortunately, there's a few that are on the opposite side of the equation, but, you know, their voters will deal with them. And one, well, one more quick question. I'll turn it over to Jersey for a second. Sheriff, one thing I have to ask you is, is we've had uh, an attorney general and a govern, governor now, and they're kind of talking on different ends of the spectrum. We had Phil Wisner come out and threaten all sheriffs. They should follow this extreme risk protection order bill. It's law now. If not, they should resign. And then you have the governor a little bit later. He kind of passes the hot potato and he's like, uh, I really don't know if I agree with that. And the question I have for you is, is do you think that there, there is a split up north? Do you think that them passing this, it, it does have them a little scared and on the run now that they, they might have actually, you know, kind of crapped on the carpet and then tracked it in the house? Well, I think there's obviously some backstepping or backpedaling by the governor. Uh, they understand they've pissed off more than half the state. And I use that word very uh, directly. I mean, you have more than, uh, we have 64 counties in Colorado and at least 38 uh, sheriffs have said, no, we're not going to do this. And you have to believe that, you know, there's far more constituent base that uh, believes the same way. So the governor basically walked his comments back and said, uh, no, sheriffs have discretion in what laws they're going to enforce or what laws they're going to prioritize. And he's absolutely right. Um, Unfortunately, the way that this bill reads, it uh, the devil's in the details. And even if a sheriff wants to exercise his discretion, uh, this bill provides the opportunity for uh, basically a person to go into a, a judge directly and kind of bypass law enforcement, but then force law enforcement into the equation if that red flag order is issued. Now, you've, you've had a lot of support from uh, other sheriffs throughout the state as well, right? Yeah, like I said, there's uh, at least 38 other sheriffs. At this point, I would say it's closer to high 40s, low 50s that are in opposition of the of the red flag bill. They may not be very public about it, but they understand the constitutionality of it. But what's interesting is there's more people across the United States that are watching this than what anyone would believe. I'm getting uh, phone calls, letters, emails from New York, California, Oregon, uh, you name it. Those emails are flowing in and, and people are uh, appreciative of the fact that, you know, someone's taking a stand and. Colorado's red flag bill is so much worse than what's been passed in any other state that, uh, you know, it's kind of like you finally went too far. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm that guy that gets to stand up and say enough's enough. Yeah, earlier we were talking about everything and I was kind of mentioning the fact of like, you know, you know, kind of like, thank you for what you're doing. And you're more or less your response was, you know, it, it's my job. Um, but you have to understand of how strong of a statement that is, because there are plenty of people that that's their job. And they don't follow through like you do. And somebody, and it's good to, to see somebody who is willing to take that stand, really dig their toes deep into the sand, and 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 you know, and it's genuine and infectious. And so it, it's awesome to see other people follow suit as well. Well, I appreciate that, but my oath means something. I think there are a lot of brave men and women who have sworn to a similar oath that uh, 
have given us this this country to live in, this great uh, uh, experiment, if you will, that is our constitutional republic. And, you know, um, when you look at how the system works, anytime someone fails that oath, it's just an erosion of our constitution. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just doing my job. I swore to that oath. And, uh, you know, I, I think it means something. I'm going to stick to it. And Sheriff, I mean, Jersey said you have a lot of support and we're seeing support through the nation. But one of the neatest things and one of the one of the main reasons we have you on here is Uncle Ted's coming up to Colorado. You guys are having the fighting, the stranglehold on our Constitution. Um, it's an American celebration and it's going to be on June 21st. It's going to be yep. the, at the island at Palestine. And about the Constitution in general. So when I started making my comments and it kind of went viral through CNN and wherever, uh, I noticed that, uh, you know, I'm a follower of Ted Nugent's page, and I noticed that he had reposted a few of the stories. So, um, you know, working with Tammy Klein, I said, hey, let's um, let's see if we can get a hold of Ted and see if he'd be interested in helping us out with a, uh, a fundraiser. And within just a couple of days, things started coming together real quick. And, um, you know, before you know it, I'm on the phone with Ted Nugent, and we're kind of talking about details of how to put this together. And, uh, you know, here we are. You know, Ted, he endorsed me the first time I ran. And that was kind of just a, uh, you know, just a quick conversation of, yeah, let's, uh, you know, it sounds like you're the right guy for the job. But this means a lot more. I think, uh, you know, when you start standing up for something that people across the country believe in, it's pretty easy to understand that Ted Nugent would uh, be supportive as well. And it's, it's truly an honor to have him come out here. And, um, you know, I know from the NRA uh, folks down at the Capitol that I'm going to be under attack my next election season. So uh, the idea is let's build a war chest now and, and get this thing going. Right. And you know what? We're and, and that's the that's the next battle is, is you're right. We have to build the war chest because I saw how you have to deal with all the I mean, billboard issues. I mean, you sure. know, you live in an area where it's really conservative in some ways, but you got the extreme end of the spectrum sitting kind of yeah. on the other end of the county, you know, and I understand you deal with that. So I think that this is going to bring a lot of awareness. And I know for a fact that in a lot of the groups in, in Colorado, a lot of the Patriot groups, people really seem excited for this event. And I mean, to have Ted come and support you like this says a lot, especially from the gun community. I absolutely agree. Uh, I hope that translates into ticket sales. Uh, you know, we've got a pretty big, uh, pretty big evening planned, and uh, we definitely need to get people out there. And you know, if you know, we're selling the tickets for 150 bucks, and uh, obviously that's uh, you know that sounds like a lot to some people, but this is a fundraiser. I am trying to to build up that campaign fund and. You know, we have expenses for putting something like this on, and uh, we're just hoping that we can uh, really put a good event together. And if nothing else, get a message out that Colorado still believes in the Second Amendment and uh, the majority of the sheriffs in this state do, too. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Sheriff. I don't know who in the hell wouldn't want to go. First of all, let's throw the 150 bucks out. I mean, barbecue, Ted Nugent and the Constitution. How in the hell do you get more American than that? And a sheriff. Absolutely. I mean, that is America. I mean, if you could put all in a box, that's America for sure. Well, we're going we're gonna to have several sheriffs there. I've got uh, I invited all the sheriffs that I believe are standing with me on this issue. And uh, a lot of them have already replied that they'll be coming as well. So uh, there'll be sheriffs from all over the state coming. And, um, you know, I I've heard uh, Ted speak on several occasions, either, you know, through the internet or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And I have a feeling that he's going to have plenty to say. And uh, he's, he's warned me that he may be bringing his guitar and an amp. Uh, we can't advertise Ooh. it as a concert, 
but um, hopefully Ted will blow a few uh, blow a few lines out with his guitar, and uh, <laughs> we'll have a good time that night. That'd be that'd be really awesome. that is. You have a you have a ton of love coming in through the comment section. Just to <laughs> let you know, not that you didn't know that, but um, one of our followers, uh, Chris Palin, he's a loyal follower, said, "Love Uncle Ted. It's going to be nuge." <laughs> That's right, awesome. it is gonna. Uh, it gonna is gonna to be. That. I'm gonna have to steal that. <laughs> and just so you guys know, uh, there's Tammy Klein. She's in the comments. You guys, somebody asked Tammy if you can post that link again. That's where you can get tickets. Sure. And it is gonna be nuge. It's June 21st, 2019. It's in Windsor, Colorado, at the island at Pelican Lakes. It's from five to seven. It's like it looks like a barbecue meet and greet. Have a couple right. drinks, and then the speakers. Uh, I'm sure it'll be the sheriff and other sheriffs and Uncle Ted. He'll be on from seven to nine. You guys, the limited tickets are available. You get them at httpssecure.andot.com. Um, you guys, it's going to be really awesome. Tammy, her number's on the flyer. Tammy Klein, if anybody wants to get tickets, uh, you can. We'll, we'll post the flyer. Check it out there. Um, we're excited. We're gonna we're, we're gonna be there. We're excited. We can't That's wait to great. be there with you. I'm coming all the way up from Los Angeles County. I'm ready to eat some barbecue and listen to the nudes with you. Um, one thing else I do want to bring up is um, being involved in Colorado politics, like I am. We see a lot going on. We know that uh, the party's ready to. They're fully behind recalls. We've seen the recall of Galindo. We have another recall of an anti-gunner in, I think, El Paso, if I'm correct. And we have the talk of uh, the recall with uh, Jared Polis. We know that in the state of Colorado, Sheriff, that if we don't get together and, and work as one, you know, it's hard as heck to fight the Dems as it is with the machine that they have and the war chest that they have. Getting together on this issue is important. And a lot of people, there's been a lot of talk, and, and, and I know they've talked about you kind of being in the middle of it. Do you mind giving an update? Because there's a lot of Colorado viewers in here, what you know about the recall and how you're trying to help and what's kind of going on? Sure. Well, you know, I, I think first off, you have to say that uh, there's obviously some energy for recalling Governor Polis because you have, uh, you know, you have thousands of people who have engaged at least in the process through Facebook. But right now there's two groups operating. There's the official recall polis group, and then there's the recall polis pack. Uh, unfortunately, these two groups are kind of, uh, you know, fighting for the same effort, but they're not able to uh, come together to circulate one petition. And it's whoever gets to the finish line first with their petitions uh, that become official. So if you have two groups out circulating petitions, obviously, uh, the likelihood of being successful by either one is pretty, in my mind, pretty slim. So uh, both groups presented at a, at a weekly breakfast that I go to over the last couple of weeks. And uh, at the kind of at the conclusion of last week's breakfast, I offered to try to mediate between the two groups and see if we could bring them together. Um, you know, I think it's at least got the discussion going between the two. Uh, one group has, has kind of declined to use my services as a mediator, I think mostly because they want to have a a court binding mediation uh, process or person, and that is not me. But uh, you know, the the idea is let's iron this out. Let's see how to get these two groups together and uh, get across the finish line to to take the governor out through a through a real good uh, recall push. And I mean, I and I have to ask this question. I mean, I would definitely get my butt kicked by a lot of Colorado people, especially that are involved in politics. Would there be a chance for that second amendment love and sheriff Steve Reams to ever throw his hat in the ring to uh, run for the governor of Colorado? No, I appreciate you asking, but, uh, I enjoy the job. Hey, I and I'm not going to lie. Zach, Zach's asking too, sheriff. I got to give Zach some credit here. He wants sure. to know too. I mean, just so you know, you're, you're respected. And, and I mean, we wouldn't do it justice if we didn't at least ask. Well, I appreciate the sentiment, but uh, my heart's in being the sheriff. 
Uh, I didn't I didn't run for sheriff in hopes of being a career politician. Uh, this is the yes, job that, that I set myself out for, and uh, I think I'm doing the right thing by uh, by staying in this office. And quite frankly, I couldn't afford the pay cut to become a governor. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey, any other questions for the sheriff? No, more of a comment. Um, you know, as you can see in our comment section here, everyone has, you know, they're, they're standing behind you 100 uh, percent, you know, and, and so am I over here in, in New Jersey. Um, you know, it's great to see someone like you standing up. Like I said before, it's like it's infectious and you inspire other people to do the same thing. And that's that's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And we, hey, we got plenty of real estate out here for sale uh, when you get ready to move. <laughs> hey, we've been pushing him too, Sheriff. We're always on him about it. He needs to get the hell out of the big, big city and move out west. <laughs> I think your entire state will fit in my county, so come on out. <laughs> but you don't want our Actually, entire state there. Believe me when I tell you. You're right. I do not. I do not want your entire state here. Actually, Sheriff, something else popped into my mind, and before we let you go, what do you think? I mean, we know what happened out in Nevada with the BLM and the Bundys and what's been happening with the BLM, especially with Cory Gardner talking about bringing the BLM to – Colorado, the office, do you think that's going to be a big step forward in helping let the stewards of the land, which are the landowners, manage their own land instead of some bureaucrats in Washington telling us how to run things? I think that's an excellent idea, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I have a lot of sheriffs uh, or a lot of friends that are sheriffs in Oregon, Nevada, Idaho. Uh, we don't experience the same problems here with the BLM uh, just because of the way that our terrain is kind of cut up through Colorado. But I definitely understand the the issues they have out in those I guess, further Western states. And, um, you know, I, I don't ever look for, a, you know, an armed confrontation with the federal government, but you, you kind of understand when people have been pushed too far. I mean, take this red flag bill, for instance. Uh, the Bundys had been lifelong ranchers on that land. And, uh, you know, they were basically going to be told, hey, you're going out of business. Uh, the way they went about it, was that the best way of doing it? Um, you know, I guess that's up for debate. But at the end of the day, um, I think having the, the feds out in this area and actually interacting with the people that, uh, that are using that land makes perfect sense. And every year at our sheriff's conference, at our Western State Sheriff's Conference, we have representatives from the BLM come out and talk to all the sheriffs. And it's a great working relationship. We get a lot of things out on the table, and that <clears throat> solves a lot of issues before they ever become problems. And I think having those people closer to, to where that land actually exists makes absolute sense i give Corey gardner a lot of credit for for that that thought process well and that's awesome and you know sheriff i know you're a busy man i mean we could sit i love talking to you i could ask you a thousand questions and i'm sure we could sit here and have a great time and bs all night but you got a lot of work to do and i just want to let everybody know get your tickets they're limited that's another thing i want to say they're yep. selling like hotcakes and they're limited they're only allowing so many i mean so many people can see Uncle Ted at one time. I mean, they can't just pack the arena. So you guys get your tickets now. Um, I don't know if we have the link. We'll pull it up. If you want to go ahead and throw the link. No, it isn't in the Trinidad or Cortez area, you guys. It is in Wild County. Um, that's where it'll be at. So um, we'll throw up. Zach, do you mind throwing up the flyer again? I don't know if you have it right there. I hate to throw that on you. Also, Tammy's been throwing in the comments the link where to buy the tickets. Sheriff, I want to thank you for being on. I look forward to uh, coming up and, and seeing you again. Weld County? Absolutely it does. Weld County is a, is a stronghold for liberty, and it will always prevail, especially up here. Hey, if I could add one more thing. If someone's looking to buy tickets, they can go to my Facebook page. I'd encourage people to go there and follow what we're doing. 
Uh, we're continuing to put updates up about the red flag bill. And, uh, you know, that's probably the best way to get tickets uh, either through my page or what you guys are posting. But uh, this isn't in a stadium. This isn't a small area. You'll have some chance to uh, get up close and personal with Ted Nugent. So please buy your tickets and uh, get there early because uh, they'll go quick. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much you. for being on here and taking the time. We know you're very busy. Hey, listen, I think we were one of the first to have you on, though. I, that you, could be, you were? Yeah, it was day. like in the first couple of days. Yeah, you guys were right on the right on the money. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. We, we appreciate everything you do. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Sheriff. Wow, what an interview, Jersey. So, Jersey, I'm going to... Yeah, you don't you don't often come across people like that. I mean, everyone could just do their job, but then there are certain people that take the risk of doing their job and doing it correctly. And, and he's one of those stand up guys. And and you can't listen. And like I said two seconds ago, it, it inspires other people to do the same thing. And that's important. You know, the inspiration and the motivation to to do what's right is is always something virtuous and something that we could all get down for. Uh, again, that's fighting the stranglehold on our Constitution. That's June 21st. Um, you know, make sure you guys get your takes. I'm sure we posted the link a few times or Tammy posted the link in the comments section. We'll try and get that up as soon as possible for you guys to get in there. As we said, it is limited tickets. There's there's only a certain amount of tickets. And uh, for our keynote speaker that's going to be there, Ted Nugent, you know, the Motor City Madman, that's awesome too. And it's just going to add to everything. There's going to be other sheriffs there showing support. And it's cool that uh, for a man like uh, Sheriff Reams to, to stand up, we can kind of stand behind him and help support him and make things great uh, for that. You know, hey, guys, we're always getting hit hard by the Zuck. You guys know this. Everyone experiences it. Conservatives are being censored left and right, right and left. All you guys have to do to help that out is just hit that share button for us and get this out there so that way we can try and work around the algorithm. Also, if you like what we're doing and you, you like the interviews that we bring here on the Monday show, please don't hesitate to just type Liberty Prevails in the comments. If you type Liberty Prevails in the comments, what that's going to do is you're going to get a message from us. You're going to say yes, just to make sure that, you know, you're not a Russian bot. And after that happens, you'll just be notified when we go live. The Monday show is not the only show. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Uh, Wednesday is, is Troy and Logan. Thursday <coughs> is Jermaine and uh, Ty. And on Sundays, the one and only Louis Huey. So, hey, we have we have good program for you guys. We try to keep it as consistent as possible. Sometimes we miss a day. Unfortunately, things come up, but we appreciate everyone here. We appreciate everyone in the comments this, uh, section there, and um, you know, just just showing the love. So, thank you guys so much. We appreciate that. So, make sure you guys share this out there. Make sure you share it out. We have a good show lined up for you guys here, and uh, I see the ties back. Nope, not back. I can I can hear you. I just can't see right now. I see Zach. Nope, nothing. All right. Well, we can keep on going with this, I guess. Then, so we see in the comment section, Brent Wells. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. You're always here. Awesome. Thank you for showing your support, Charles Stark, PK, the one and only. As Ty likes to say, super fan. Awesome. <coughs> Warren, thank you for being in here. Uh, thank everybody for really trying. And uh, we're, we're still having a little bit of, uh, hey, I know it's just me. It's fine. This pretty face. 
this pretty face. You guys can hear me and see me. Um, you know, thank you, every Chris Palin. Thank you, Alan. As always, Brian. Thank you. Ty is here, PK. We're just running some technical difficulties with the new software we have. Every once in a while, we're catching snags. We're trying mm -hmm. to we're trying to work through those mm -hmm. growing pains. So uh, we're trying to do all that there. <clears throat> wow. Shannon says that she might have some falling trees from the snow. That's crazy because considering it's spring here. Uh, oh, one more thing besides that. for It may be spring and it may be cold outside, but you can get yourself nice and snugly with a Major League Liberty hoodie. All you got to do is either click on the store link on our Facebook page or go to MajorLeagueLiberty.com and check that out and check out our store. We have multiple things you guys can purchase, T-shirts for the real spring, whenever that actually ends up coming uh, and everything like that. And it looks like Ty's back in business. Um, so, so stall and Jersey's trying to thank you, Jersey, for, for, for holding on long enough for us to get back. Rob Bushman said, looking good, face made for radio. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> my wife, my, uh, all right, well, it's all right. Yeah, well, what do you do? All right, well, you guys, we got a great show for you this evening, and we're going to jump right into it. I mean, we, we're dealing with the U.S. Embassy in Iran. Here's the deal, Jersey, is the U.S. Embassy was attacked in the Middle East. Um, they're saying that Iran's behind it, and the question I have for you is, is, do you think that's the case? Do you think they're working through back channels and through their militias and through their radical groups where they're, you know, doing that kind of backdoor shenanigans? I mean, you got to assume it happens, right? I mean, it, it, it happens all the time, but, you know, I don't think it's anything new. And I think it's something that, I mean, as you can see in the video, they were prepared for. Right. Zach, if you don't mind rolling this clip, please. I'm just working through it. <laughs> we're just working through it. Sorry, guys. Can I ask you something, though, Jersey? Do you honestly sure. think – here is a question I have for you, though. Do you honestly think that – I really don't think that Iran's going to even come at these guys. I think that they're going to do it in a subversive way. I think that they're going to try through a lot of cyber stuff. I think there's a lot of I, – I really don't think that people realize that there's a lot of different ways they can come at us, and they have been coming at us. I mean, we've had election meddling not only with the Russians but with other countries, and we have a lot of these issues. I mean, a lot of these issues where countries are being subversive, and they're going to do different things to affect we're going to see more terrorist activities. And you know, this is all in direct relation to President Trump and the U.S. naming their National Guard a terrorist group. And I mean, you know that there was going to be blowback from it. Yeah, I mean, come on. It, they have to realize that they're completely surrounded. We have military bases all over Iran. If you see the map of the bases and, and where we have and where we're occupying at, it's completely set. Um, any, any bad move or anything that isn't going to, you know, be kosher enough for us is, is trouble. I mean, I'm not advocating for going into any more wars because as Trump has said, you know, it's a stress on economics, it's a stress on the people, people die, and that's not something that we want. We don't want to be the interventionists, but we also have to realize in the same breath that we do sometimes run into trouble like this. Right, Zach, if you play this clip, Go ahead. 
The U.S. Embassy in Baghdad is allegedly targeted in a rocket strike Sunday, marking a new round of escalation in the Middle East. Iraqi military officials say a rocket landed in Baghdad's Green Zone, which is home to governmental buildings and to the U.S. Embassy, without inflicting major damage or human casualties. No group claimed responsibility for the strike in its immediate aftermath, stirring rife speculation of what comes next. They make it sound like it's a conflict. And the good news, I was thinking today, I said, gee, what must our adversaries think? And then I look and I say, you know, it's probably a good thing because they're saying, man, I don't know where these people are coming from, right? Shortly after the attack, President Trump took to Twitter, saying Iran could be destroyed if it continues to threaten the U.S. The White House held an emergency meeting following the incident Sunday. Experts believe Iran could embark on a hybrid war of small-scale and largely psychological attacks against U.S. interests while avoiding an open military confrontation. This could make it harder for President Trump to crack down on the Ayatollah regime going forward. Can we have a full-scale waging of war with Iran without congressional authorization? Only the Congress has the responsibility to declare war, has the authority to declare war. Right. So the answer. I mean, in Jersey, one thing that we're dealing with now is, as you see, Trump's not going to put up with this. He said that he would end Iran, and now you have Iran coming up and saying that he's threatening genocide. But what I don't understand about people, and people are going to jump on that bandwagon. I already see it. Oh, Trump, he threatened. Trump, he's threatening genocide. He's talking about uh, wiping a whole people off of the face of the planet in an area of the of the world. They are, they are pushing this, Jersey. They bombed some ships. I mean, then we see the embassy in Iraq get bombed, the U.S. embassy. They shoot rockets at it. They're provoking a war. And what is the whole object of a war, Jersey? Well, I mean, I mean, I guess I don't know what what is the whole the whole point of the war. There, to me, there isn't much of a point. Um, it's it's to me, it's not it's not smart. But but we have to look at this right. Um, when when Trump first became president, what was the big worry? Oh my God, he has his finger on the red button. I can't believe it. We're definitely going into World War III. And then what happens? He goes into North Korea and attempts to make some changes there. And at first, right. favorable. They've been launching rockets as of lately, but it's he's constantly putting in work to creating peace. And right. when you have a media that is constantly lambasting him for trying to keep the peace, it only makes you wonder what their real motives are. Right. And there's always background motives. But the thing is, is I think what people need to realize with this president is you have a lot of people saying that, you know, his administration that's working with him. I mean, we know for a fact that there's people that don't like Iran and we know that there's people pushing. We have deep state people that are always pushing for issues in the Middle East. I think Trump realizes that, but I think he also realizes that Iran's a true threat to the United States. And in the next clip that we have, he talks about that. He talks about what Iran is and what a powerhouse they are. Zach, if you don't mind rolling that clip, please. Let's move on to another hotspot, Iran, right. Middle East. Tell, tell us what's, what your analysis is of what's going on right now. Right. Well, look, Iran's been a problem for so many years. If you go back, just take a look at all of the conflict that they've caused. And the deal that President Obama made was a horror show, the Iran nuclear deal, because basically it says that in five years from now, they're going to have an open path to making nuclear weapons. We don't need another country with that. And frankly, especially them. We don't need it. So he made this terrible deal, paid $150 mm -hmm. billion. Dollars, 
paid 1.8 billion in cash. That means cash, like I mean out of your pocket, cash, green. Nobody's ever heard of a thing like that. I don't know if you've ever seen at a casino promotion a million dollars and hundred dollar bills. It's a lot of area. What's a billion eight like? So he paid all of this money, made a terrible billion. deal. We don't have good inspection rights. We're not even allowed to. We weren't even allowed to inspect some of the most important sites like military mm -hmm. bases, certain things where they would do it. Okay. The deal was terrible. When I first came to office, one of the first meetings I had was at the Pentagon with generals. And they were showing me the Middle East. And they had 14 or 15 sites where there was nothing but war, problems. Every single one of those sites was instigated by Iran. I mean, and that's the thing, Jersey, is things are being instigated by Iran. We had a president before in the Obama and his administration. Like Trump said, could you imagine the cargo loads of money that went over there, which is funding this? We find out that the same thing with Bush and Clinton funding North Korea. Basically, you stay in check. I mean, they're not letting inspectors in to inspect these nuclear facilities in these places. They basically take our, their money and then they thumb their nose at us. And we have a president right now. I think this is it. He's drawing the line and they're just not going to take that crap anymore. No, they're they're definitely not, and it's just it. I don't understand what it's all for or what their point is. Is just to to rabble rouse and to get to get us into a, some sort of situation. I, I don't. I still don't understand the point of it all. What they don't they don't like that he's outspoken. They don't like that certain things happen in the Middle East. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. And maybe this is me just being naive. I don't get where it all comes from. Yes, I know there's a difference in ideology that they hate the West because we're the freest. Uh, our culture in the West is is I hate to say is the best. And it's like you know maybe that's what they hate. I don't, I really don't. I mean, Ty. I mean. What do you think? Would do you think is that's what it is? They just don't they don't like us. They just don't like us being there. Is that what it is? No, it's a jealousy thing. It truly is a jealousy thing. I mean, people have to realize that America isn't well liked around the world. And one thing, I mean, and you, President Trump talked about it tonight. I had a chance to, I was at work and I had his an earbud in and he was talking at the rally. And he has, I mean, he said it perfect. He goes, you have Joe Biden comes out at one of his rallies and says, Everybody in the world has called me and want me to run against Donald Trump. And then he laughs and he says, well, because the reason is, is now I'm sticking up for America and we're not sending all of our money over to the rest of the world. He talks about the Paris climate deal. He talks about all that stuff. I mean, he, he talks about how we've been taken advantage of for years and years, how we've lost our manufacturing and how we've sent our jobs overseas all in the guise of we're really trying to help Americans, but what they're doing is they're selling our souls to everybody else in the world. I mean, they're breaking us down. They're they're stealing from us, basically. And I think the thing is, is I mean, people, when they, they hear people like us talking, you say the word globalist, and you talk about globalism, what it's really about. I mean, people have to realize there is a global agenda, and people do not want to see America, America succeed. I mean, we're back-to-back -back World War champs. I mean, you've seen the yeah, t-shirt, right. and people are still pissed off about that stuff. But you know what's disgusting, though, Jersey, is not only do we have, I mean, not only is this president going against Kim Jong-un, going against Iran, going against the Democrats, going against uh, entities around the world that don't want him in because he's making the UN pay. He's making, I mean, we see all these good things that he's doing, but not only the Democrats, but the bad thing about it is, is we have, I, I'm not even going to call him a Republican. We've had Mitt Romney. 
We've had John McCain, but now we have Justin Amash, and uh, he he thinks that the U.S. shouldn't be doing as well. And let me tell you why. He wants this president impeached. And I didn't know some of this stuff about him, but we'll see it in this next clip, and it's going to let us know what he's talking about and kind of see why he might have some different views than the president when it comes to economics in this country and how it might affect his pocketbook. The first Republican to call for impeachment of President Trump is making headlines. In a series of tweets Saturday, Congressman Justin Amash said after reading Robert Mueller's redacted report, he concluded the president engaged in impeachable conduct. The Michigan Republicans' decision to call for impeachment comes as trade tensions continue with China, which could hurt his personal business interests. According to local reports, Amash is a co-owner of Dynamic Source International, a Chinese company which supplies Michigan industrial tools. Amash's 2017 financial disclosures shows a congressman reported between $100,000 to $1 million for his ownership stake in Michigan Industrial Tools. In 2010, Amash's Democrat opponent in Michigan's third congressional race, Pat Miles, ran an ad highlighting the discrepancy. Justin co-owns a factory in China that manufactures the tools he sells in America, and he's repeatedly voted against jobs here in Michigan. Justin is not a fighter for American jobs. He's a creator of jobs in China. His Chinese factory, his policies, and his record are the proof. When confronted by local media, Amash denied having partial ownership of the company and claimed the ad was false. The fact that he continues to run the commercial after we've explained this to him and made it very clear um, indicates uh, uh, a problem with the way he's trying to run this campaign. As trade talks with China continues, it's clear Amash would personally suffer from President Trump's tariffs. Along with his questionable finances, Amash has also hinted at running for president in 2020. And the Kent County Commissioner says Amash's calls for impeachment are solely for media attention. He's a libertarian. He's not a Republican. And I know that he's talked about running for president as a libertarian. And so I suspect this is nothing more than a media stunt to get free national attention in that regard. Justin Amash's calls for impeachment. I agree with him 110%. I think it is a stunt. And what's crazy is, is the state that he lives in is a key state to President Trump. And I hope that he doesn't run because, you know, it's always hard for somebody to win a state, especially when they have an elected official running from that state. And if he did run as a libertarian or third party, I'd hate to see him hurt President Trump in a state that's much needed for the GOP in 2020. I see that, right? And then I also see that we... You know, we will laugh at the fact that there's 22 or 23 Democrats running and know that it splits up their base. You know, the guy is speaking up on what he believes, right? Uh, I can't say that I agree with him, but in the past, I know that he's had a very strong constitutionalist view. And as much as this may not be the popular opinion, he, I don't know, listen, all politicians pass legislation and try to push laws that ultimately will end up helping them in the long run as well. This isn't like a new topic. This isn't something new. Lobbying for the tobacco businesses and things like that are something that happen in politics all the time. I don't think that this is anything that's that's any different. I'm not saying that this is a good thing, um, but I am saying that you're going to expect these guys who run as Republicans that are typically uh, more libertarian-minded, like your Amash, like your Massey, and sometimes your Rand Paul, who's even seemed more conservative at the time, you know, they're not always going to agree. I think it's good sometimes to to have someone who disagrees with the president, um, but the 
problem that I do have with it is that I don't know what Mueller report he looked at that proved that he thought there was too much of a, that, that there was an impeachable offense there because I didn't see that. Well, and he's been a vocal critic of the president. He hasn't agreed with the president many, many times. He hasn't agreed with the president. And I don't think he, I don't even know where he stands. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how libertarian he actually is, because when you listen to some of the things he says, seems to me like he's being a political operative. And I don't necessarily think he's even doing this for himself. I think that there's another agenda involved in that. And what we need to realize, it has to be all hands on deck. I mean, it has to be all hands on decks. Here's the other thing that's crazy, though, Jersey. You, you can't, ex but you can't expect the younger Republicans to do that, though, because it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, but and I, I think I think Troy has actually brought this up and and made me think about it. Is like it's almost like the passing of the old guard. It's these these young Republicans who want to go against the establishment and want to go against what the older Republicans are saying. And I get what you're about to say. I know that it that it can hurt the party. Well, no, Trump's the farthest thing from establishment. I'm not. I'm just saying the other Republicans. I'm not even speaking in as as you know towards Trump specifically. But I'm just talking. There absolutely are Republicans that are still establishment out there. You know, there, there's a reason why he wanted to drain the swamp, and I think that that you kind of have to expect this from these younger guys. I think, and as much as we don't agree and we think it's going to break up the party in a crucial state, it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen very often. I don't think that Amash is going to make the splash that 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 we think it is. And listen, if anything, part of it, I believe, is just going to unite the base more to go against him and the people who are the Trump supporters, the people who are like your, your classic Republicans and conservatives are going to join together and it's only going to make it a little bit stronger, I think. I think the, the dissenting opinion makes you realize we'll probably turn a lot of people off and, and maybe support Trump more if that makes any sense. No, and I do think it makes sense. I think that tends to be what's been happening. It seems like Trump, every time that they try to throw some grease on him or some oil on him, he steps over it, pivots, and throws it right back on them. And I think this is going to be one more time when he can do the same damn thing. But here's another thing is, is, you know what makes Justin look pretty crazy, though, is when he's a little bit left of good old Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney that couldn't defend himself when he was running for president. That's why he lost. And good old Mitt Romney, who got trolled by President Trump into thinking he was going to be secretary of state. And then he got dumped like a, a prom date. I mean, it was it's been a funny thing decides to run goes against trump he sticks his toe in and out of the water and we're going to play a clip i mean it it makes you want to get sick when you see it but what do you do i mean it is what it is we have a lot of foreign policy that i know you want to discuss and i want to discuss as well but this is the first time you've appeared on a sunday show since the Mueller report was released and you said at the time in a statement quote i am sickened at the extent and pervasiveness of dishonesty and misdirection by individuals in the highest office of the land including the president I am also appalled that, among other things, fellow citizens working in a campaign for president welcomed help from Russia. You and Congressman Amash are the only two elected Republicans, I think, to express any misgivings about the behavior of the president or his campaign team uh, based on the Mueller report. Are, are, first of all, are you surprised that you two are the only ones that have really said anything uh, condemning of the president's behavior as laid out? Well, I think every individual has to make their own judgment. I think it helps to actually have read the entire uh, document. It's a long document. It took me two full days to get through it. And the second volume is a more difficult one to get through than the first. So uh, hopefully more people read it. But I, I think there are a lot of people that want to reserve judgment until uh, this is all played out. Uh, my own view is that uh, Justin Amash has reached a different conclusion than I have. Uh, I respect him. I think it's a courageous statement. But I, I believe that to make a case for obstruction of justice, 
you just don't have the elements that are uh, evidenced in this uh, document. And I also believe that uh, an impeachment uh, call is not only something that relates to the law, but also considers practicality and politics. And the American people just aren't there. And I think those that are considering impeachment have to look also at the jury, which would be the Senate. The Senate is certainly not there either. So you disagree with the call for impeachment. You don't think this, this necessarily rises to the level of impeachable offenses. You, so you don't think that there's evidence and there's sufficient evidence that the president obstructed justice? I, I just don't think that, that there is the, uh, the full element that you'd need to prove an obstruction of justice case. I don't think a prosecutor would actually look at this and say, okay, we have here all the elements that would get this to a, to a conviction. So, um, you know, everyone reaches their own conclusion. As I read the report, I was uh, uh, troubled by it, was uh, very disappointing for a number of reasons. Uh, but it did not suggest to me that this was time to call for impeachment. I mean, and that's the thing, Jersey, is you even have Mitt Romney backing off the impeachment. He's been against Trump since day one, but I mean, I think he realizes it's career suicide at this point with the support. I mean, the never Trumper numbers keep dwindling, and I think that he realizes that. Well, it's not just that, Todd. You know, I never thought the day would come where I would agree with some of the things that Mitt Romney's saying. And I think that this, his view and perspective on this situation is more of what I align with. And, you know, there is no crime. If, if, you, if there is no crime, then you can't have obstruction of justice because there's no crime to begin with. And he's kind of pushing that point home. And as much as the CNN analyst or host or whatever you guys want to call that guy is, is trying to kind of push him to corner to say some things he doesn't want to say, he's kind of outsmarting him and being like, listen, I don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's ridiculous. And I agree with that. Is, I mean, is it weird that I agree with Mitt Romney? <laughs> no, it isn't weird that you agree with Mitt Romney. And I think that there's a lot of people in America that you have your people that they look at the office of presidency a certain way. And they're saying, you know, I support Trump, but I don't necessarily agree with some of the ways that he did things or some of the ways that he handled things during this. I mean, I look at it as in what you were saying was, is there was never a crime. So basically, if he was trying to fight, I mean, if you had false allegations against you, you'd be fighting like hell to stop him as well. I mean, I think that he's taking it on the chin pretty well. I mean, don't get me wrong. He tweets and don't get me wrong. He sticks up for himself. But I mean, at what point don't you do that? But I mean, he definitely had to. And another thing that he's fighting is the immigration issue. We saw it tonight in the rally again. He was talking about it. We're full. We can't take any more people. Well, there was a rumor going out the DHS, they were going to send people to sanctuary cities trump come out and he floated the idea himself but it don't look like it's going to happen let's let's see kind of where they're going with this zach would you roll this clip please it says that they're reversing course on a plan that would have shipped migrants to southern florida or to northern locations like buffalo new york after an official first told reporters on friday that they were looking at less overwhelmed facilities across the country to deal with the massive influx at the border it wasn't going to be an effective use of resources, but yeah, we had to look at all options. When you have 16,000 people in custody and facilities designed for many fewer, you've got to look at any planning factor you can. That news brought a sigh of relief to Florida officials like Governor Ron DeSantis, who seemed caught off guard by those initial reports, but it does little to address the overall situation. John, the Border Patrol's chief, Carla Provost, tweeting on Friday that they have surpassed 535,000 apprehensions this fiscal year so far, with uh, no slowing down in sight. Now, as for previously reported migrant flights occurring a few weeks ago, officials in San Diego confirmed they are being flown from... And the thing is, is they are, and I want to follow up on what he said was, is they are being flown. There's been three flights a week going to San Diego from Texas. Plus, 
New Mexico had sent some migrants up to Denver because they're a sanctuary city and they sent like three or four buses up and they didn't even tell the governor of Colorado that they were showing up seriously. So, I mean, we see them being pushed, but we don't see it being pushed out in the public as much as it was. And I don't think it's as, as open, but we do know that they're being pushed around the country, Jersey, and they're being pushed to different states. Well, right, because this is the situation that we were told was going to happen when we don't have enough people at the border. We don't have enough workers at the border, including Border Patrol, and we don't have enough judges to handle all the cases. And although the mainstream media wants to push the issue that there is no crisis at the border, for some reason, we have people pouring into the country in numbers we have never seen. And it's crazy to me that they don't want to put a fix on this, that they will try anything that they can. They will try anything within their power to stop us from protecting ourselves at the border, securing the border, making the system better to work with, making the system more available. And, you know, it's, it, I, listen, if you're coming here legally and you legitimately have asylum, that's well within the rules. And I'm fine with that. But you need to do it legitimately and not carry, bring a child with you to to, you know, kind of skirt those laws or say that you're seeking asylum when you're really not. I mean, come on. As we saw with when we had um, when we had, you know, Lexit on last week, they talked about how most of the cases are found that they're not real, that they don't I, they don't uh, qualify for asylum that a lot of people are just crossing the border, they're across the border. And it's it's a huge problem. And now it's pouring into our state. It's it's working on our welfare systems. It's going to cost us money. It's going to bring up crime. It's going to bring up drugs. Your sex trafficking increases. All these things that we are trying to stop and people are calling us crazy for are happening. And it's just going to happen more because as we talk about it, just like you know the situation where if there's a shooting, people buy more guns, right? When there's an issue like this, more people cross the border, and it's a problem. You're right. Do people more people do cross the border, and we're seeing from everywhere around around the world. We're seeing migrants from Africa come up. We're seeing migrants from Europe come up through here. It's <clears throat> excuse me. It's turning into a disaster. Thing is, though, is we're seeing pushback. Trump's talking about people. If you've come here illegally, you need to leave. Come back into the country the proper way. And another thing that's happened is the Social Security Administration. You're going to see in this, they stopped doing this when Obama came in office. But they're actually calling employers and saying, "Guess what? An employee that you have on the books, his Social Security number don't coincide with the, his name." Zach, if you don't mind rolling this clip, and we'll see how the Trump administration is trying to do what they're supposed to. More than 500,000 employers have been notified by the Social Security Administration that some of their workers' names do not match the provided Social Security number. The notifications which have been sent out since March could likely impact the agriculture, construction, and hospitality industries, which, according to the New York Times, rely heavily on illegal immigrant workers. Mismatched names and social security numbers could indicate the hiring of a person not authorized to work in the U.S. or could be the result of unreported name changes or typos. The practice of notifying employers was put on hold in 2012 during the Obama administration. In 2016, Pew Research said there were nearly 8 million illegal immigrants working in the U.S. Employers are given 60 days to contact the employee and correct the issue. Most illegal immigrants choose to quit in an effort to avoid action by immigration authorities. But businesses could face fines if they were found to have hired illegal immigrants.
And that's the issue that they're having, Jersey, is, is we're actually seeing the president, this administration, follow the laws of this country. One thing have we noticed is, is under the Obama administration, they stopped doing this. Under the Obama administration, they stopped doing that. They stopped doing a lot of what makes us a country. They stopped enforcing a lot of laws that make us a sovereign nation. And now we're starting to see Trump just roll back into what was Norma culture before Obama came into office and decided to tear down the country. Right. And, and, and it was a, a problem that's facilitated by the Obama administration. And what happens is, is, and this is, you know, kind of like how I feel about, you know, um, executive orders is that when you're just putting band-aids on things, those things don't work. You end up just putting a band-aid over a leaking dam out spouts another hole where you're leaking again. And until it's actually fixed, until the immigration problem is, 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 is actually fixed, we're going to continue to get problems and it's only going to get worse and we don't want it to get worse we want to be fixed but unfortunately you have a congress that refuses to anything that's run anything that's an idea of the president they will never pass because they can't get over themselves because they're hate blind because they don't care about the people they only care about dividing the people they only care about bringing the illegals so they can gain more votes they only care about you know you know creating that division as i just said but you know when you have the situations where the social security cards aren't matching up and this is you're going oh well something's kind of fishy here maybe when they were talking about how there's three to six million people that were illegally voting maybe they actually are now because once you start getting that identification whether it's wrong or not you're going to be able to do those things and they know that it's the only way they're going to be able to get their votes the only way they're going to be able to bring things into fruition and continually try and push their socialist agenda their evil far left agenda which they do every single day you can look at the media and, and, and see for yourself is the is is what they're going to be trying to do they're not going to put they're only going to put a band-aid on the problem to appear as though they're fixing it when you have a president who is actively trying to fix the problem they're going to want to put the band-aid on it because they know there's going to be another leaky hole that we're not going to see at first and they're going to try and get those votes from it it's all about the vision man it's almost like you talk about medicine, sickness, a cure for things. You know, they never want to cure things. They just want to treat you. It's the same damn thing. I mean, and that's another thing. Since we're talking about I'm going to bring about President Trump, the right to try that he signed. I mean, haven't we seen the strides in medicine with that? But you're right. It's always they want to keep the corruption. They want to keep the chaos. They want to keep the division because those are hot topics that they can. Those are hot points that they can light on fire when election time comes around. Do you want to know what Jersey? Oh, go ahead, Jersey. Real, real quick, just one more point I want to make is that, you know, the reason why, and this is like a libertarian standpoint, and I think this is just an economic standpoint, period. Um, the reason why we have so many illegals that come and in, pour into this country is because we have a welfare system that looks so good. If we didn't have this welfare system, if we stopped this welfare system and we stopped the motivators for people to hop the border illegally and come here, we stop that. We stop a lot of problems as well. So we need to fix it on all fronts. Not only do we need to secure the border and pass the laws to effectively fix the borders, we need to strengthen the guidelines for coming into the country, and we need to fix this welfare system that is bleeding Americans dry. The welfare system that is killing our pocketbooks. It's making right. us less money. You know, the, the whole taxation is theft thing. Listen, when it comes to the welfare system, it is absolutely theft. Okay. If you're, you're right. forced to pay something and if you don't pay it, you'll either end up in a cage or at the end of a barrel of a gun. It's theft. And we need to stop the welfare system as well. And nothing can work better until we stop giving them the, the you know, the motivators to come and do things illegally by having such a, serving such a welfare system so complex. 
Right. And I mean, that's what I don't understand about President Trump's immigration plan when he talks about how we're going to have merit based. You have to have a job or a job offer when you come here. You can't be on government welfare for up to five years when you first come here. And I don't see why there's an issue with that. Then we have everybody on the other side of the ticket from Biden on down saying not only do you have the right to be in here, even though we're a sovereign nation, is you can come in, you can take our kids student loans, you could take welfare, you could take health care. And we're going to offer all these things to you because you deserve it. I mean, you see that you see vets committing suicide every day you see homeless kids on the street of detroit you see uh, people that are, are, are their economies were starved by the crushing coal and gas regulations in west virginia arkansas hooked on pain pills and opioids i mean and where is that money why aren't they redirecting why don't democrats realize that those are the americans that need help they claim to be the party the party that cares the party that wants to help but it only seems like they want to help a voting class or a type of voter that they know they can reel in every time and what's crazy about it is i think we've talked about it numerous times is as, as conservatives we need to reach out to these demographics that they're trying to reach to because most of them are conservative belief due to their religion and other things and i think it's important that we reach out to those groups and i think that that's one thing that we're going to have to do moving forward because if not jersey you're right we're going to lose this country because they're going to push these socialistic agendas and they're going to push these things down our throat and convince our kids that we're living wrong you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. One of the things these people like to advocate, and this is a libertarian sense that I don't like, is the whole open border. People, anarchists, people who believe in, you know, the left, the socialists believe that open border. Listen, the only reason why they want an open border is because they want to change the foundation and the fundamentals of America. You're right. you're trying to do want to shift the sure. paradigm you can have you can have your open borders because it's supposedly better for capitalism awesome but what happens when people start bringing in those ideals those socialist ideals and changing things into a way that's not going to help us we need to have a strong secure border same reason why i spoke at the rally the, for funding the wall the same reason why i'm still a strong quote-unquote bordertarian for those exact reasons because i hate socialism and i hate the fact that people are taking advantage of us they're taking advantage of the welfare system and all the things that we just mentioned sorry you're right no and you know what else i'm sorry about is is you know what cnn is sorry and they've been had lower ratings than nickelodeon disney channel i mean they've got Acosta, I mean, he's a reporter for him. But one thing that's funny is, is they also don't have anything to report on other than Russian collusion or other than, I mean, remember it went from Trump getting peed on by hookers to Russian collusion. I mean, it's went now to obstruction, but let's see what they're reporting about in the news at CNN over there. Let's get an idea what they call news over at CNN. Zach, if you'll roll this clip. As a symbol of the Trump White House's allergy to accountability, this is pretty perfect. Earlier this week, the briefing room podium was, to quote CNN's Megan Vasquez, quite literally gathering dust. Now, someone has come in and dusted the podium, but the briefing room still isn't getting any use. Uh, this is an unprecedented drought. 69 days, more than two months since Sarah Sanders last held an official press briefing. Uh, sometimes she does answer a few questions outside the White House after a hit on Fox, but she has stopped doing what used to be a big part of the press secretary's job. Here with me now is a press secretary. The thing about it is, Jersey, is you want to know what? Why would you want to? First of all, that's a joke that CNN's even reporting about a picture with dust on the podium. I mean, but who in the hell would want to take the beating like Sarah has? And they're not supportive of the president and any of his policies. All it has been is basically a heckling session. So, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. I, I don't blame him for not having any press uh, conferences unless they're real big issues. And, and, and how could you disagree with that? Literally every single time, every time that there's an issue, anytime that Sarah opens her mouth, 
the left, Acosta, all those fools at CNN, they all destroy, they try destroying her and she stands there strong. And I have a lot of respect for that. And I have a lot of respect for her because she's, A, she's doing her job and she's doing her job unapologetically. And that's what she's supposed to do. So I'm glad that it's there. But the reason, exactly like you just mentioned, the reason why they haven't been doing as much is because why would you continually put yourself in that position? Why would you continually do that? What well, you know what the media is going to do. We know that the media is at war with us. Is sometimes I would consider it the fourth branch of the government that's not controlled by any, you know, the 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 current administration. And when you have that situation and you have those things happening, you got to take control of it. I mean, and that's why they're not having them. Obviously, it's not because they hate free speech. It's not because they they because the administration hates the First Amendment or is not trying to get you know press out there. It's because it's a it's a right it's a it's a crap show every time they do it why would you continually do that and there's a lot of support for her in the comments i mean i think a lot of people have the same respect for her. oh no thank you and, and that somebody also said we were having issues because of the weather yeah you guys we were having some issues in colorado we got a bunch of bad little stuff we it was we basically butchered in the beginning but there's nothing that we could do about it. But thank you for those of you that stuck out with us we've got this new software for those of you that are new in here and we've been working the bugs out we've only been at it for a couple weeks now it's going to get better Thank you for sticking with us. I mean, you can see our production man, Zach in the back working hard. He's getting this figured out. He worked really hard to get BeLive down and then BeLive couldn't carry us anymore. So we've moved on to this Wirecast and we're working through the bugs. And then, you know, the weather doesn't help. So yes, the, a lot of the issues are weather related. But Jersey, you know, one good, good, beautiful thing, you know, what's going to make a lot of our viewers happy, Brent and Teresa and Shan and Chris and Warren and PK, is there's always good news out there. And a Denver native, uh, he did some things for some kids this weekend at a graduation that just blew my mind. Um, actually, uh, he took heat from some Democrats for doing it, which surprised me. But Zach, if you'll roll this clip, and let's watch the good news story of the night. Men of Morehouse, you are surrounded by a community of people who have helped you arrive at this sacred place and on this sacred day. On behalf of the eight generations of my family who have been in this country we're going to put a little fuel in your bus now i've got the alumni over there and this is a challenge to you alumni this is my class 2019. and my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans And if I understand right, Jersey, they said that it was it would end up being a little bit over, which goes you the high inflated cost of education over forty million dollars to cover that is what it looked like. Do you know what, man? Something like that is so inspiring, and it's good to see because you get around a situation where people are in student loan debt. My family suffers with it because of you know going to college and still trying to work through that. And my story is un is not unlike um, you know a thousand other people who are in the same boat. And, you know when you're when you have that debt there, listen, it's voluntary. You choose it, but it's awesome to see a, ch a charitable donation of somebody who ex who respects the the tough work that the that those those young people have done, and you see all these people graduating, and it and it's cool that they that they're going to help them out. I mean, you're not going to expect that to happen all the time. But maybe that'll inspire some other colleges and keynote speakers and things like that to do the same thing. I mean, it's very cool, man. It's, it, Something like that, it warms your heart because now all those kids are going to have a fair shake. 
you know, you're setting off a whole group, a whole class of children that, I mean, I say children, I mean, they're over, you know, they're over, they're 20, you know, what, 22 years old, but, right. you know, you, you see this group and now they're going to actually get their, their right foot in the door. Some of those kids, you know, how hard their parents probably had to work to, to make, you know, the same work or, you know, how much money come out of pocket. It's when you go to college and it's not something you can normally afford, it's a whole family ordeal. I'm talking your aunts and your uncles and everyone's pulling together and investing their money and investing their time right. in you. And it's a very important thing. And to have someone who's graduating from that circumstance, you know, making his family proud or her family proud is great to see. And to have, and have this gentleman here eliminate their student loan debt right that's great man it's, it's a really it's cool unbelievable and it goes to show that charitable donations do work and you don't need some government program to come and take away all their amen put onto the taxpayer you have someone who's good enough to take control of it he's you heard him say it that's his class 2019 to to go and handle that uh, i love seeing that man hey you know i want to bring something up before we close this out i've seen people comment some people have been booted nine times seven times 15 23 um, I don't know what the reason is, you guys. We got a little message from Facebook today uh, checking something that we posted a little over a year ago saying they don't necessarily think it was true. So we don't know if this is some kickback because of that. Basically, what they're trying to do, guys, is they're trying to go through anything and everything and find reasons to shut us down as a news source. So we're dealing with that. We know how the trolls like to come in here and report things. Plus, Facebook's pushing back on us. But thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, thank you for sticking with us. And Ty, sorry to cut you off, but I don't know how everyone would feel maybe if we can move to a different platform. I mean, we can notify you guys the same way. You get your motivation through through uh, the chat bot uh, and a link, and it might just send you to a different platform because I really don't know how much longer we can be deal with Facebook. We really can't. Right. Yeah. You know, as much as we want to fight this duck and we want to pursue and we want to persevere through a situation, Facebook is not set up for conservatives. It's not set up for Republicans or, or, or libertarians and, and trying to get the word out. We're censored left and right. We've been censored. And to be honest with you guys, the fight is just wearing on us, and I don't want to have to deal with it anymore. I'd rather move to another platform. And, you know, if we have to do that, I just want to know if you guys would, would support us and follow us as well. That's all. Yeah, so if you guys, you know, if you could go ahead and leave some comments here, shoot us some messages, see what you guys think. Um, and like I said, Jersey, thanks. It was a great show. Thank you for all the great commentary. We rocked and rolled it tonight. Um, let you guys know we have some changes coming up. The Thursday show, you guys, as busy as we all are politically active and all the things that we're doing, the Thursday show will be no more. So we'll have the Sunday show with Louie. We'll have Monday with myself, Jersey, and Jermaine. Jermaine's coming on over with us from Thursday. We're not going to lose Jermaine. He's awesome. He will be with us on Mondays. Then you'll have Logan and Troy on Wednesday. Then back when the fall comes around again, we'll be back on Thursdays again. Jersey, you have anything you want to say to the viewers before we let them go for the evening? No, I'm, I'm actually really excited to... Um to you know have Jermaine onto the Monday show now. It's gonna be an awesome thing. And it's gonna be cool because it's gonna be more relaxed of like a more like a round table discussion where you can hear our points of view. And obviously we'll bring up different stories and things like that. But I don't know that it's yeah, we'll still have guests and everything like that. And I mean we haven't really gone and nailed down the format you know, a hundred percent, but I think we're going to love, you guys are going to love the conversation that we're going to have. We have all walks of life. You have a, a sit well Listen, I kind of live in a city, kind of don't, but, you know, I'm, I'm like a kind of like a city boy. And then we got like, you know, Ty, who was our, you know, who grew up on the ranch. And then we have Jermaine, you know, who is a, a person of color. And it's like we have these all these different walks of life that are coming together. And we're all conservatives and conservative leaning. And it's going to be awesome to have that conversation. And I can't wait to bring that to you guys. 
Yeah, and I we see people are saying they follow us. Another thing, you guys, we just so you know, we have the Liberty Prevails Media page. If you haven't been over to like that, please get over there and like that because we were talking about even trying to go live from there to fight the Zuck. So please get over to the Liberty Prevail, uh, Prevails Media page. Show your friends. Add them to the page. Help us grow that page as well because that's basically our business page, and that's where we're set up that if they try to knock us out here that we had a way to pivot right into it. So those of you that follow us, please go there. We were thinking about going there to see if it'll kick a little more reach out uh, but before we want to let you before we let you guys go i want to remind you that there's limited tickets to this ted nugent event with sheriff steve reams of weld county here in colorado it's called the fighting the stranglehold on our constitution american celebration it's going to be on june 21st 2019 in windsor colorado you can go to sheriff steve reams's page and find it i think it's also on ted's nugent page as well you can find the information there um, I want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to Zach in the back for which New Jersey. Thank you for being on the show with me as usual, brother. Um, we're trying to get things back to usual, working on the software. Jersey will be home soon and he won't be doing this show basically um, <laughs> out of a hotel room. Right. Um, and we want to thank PK and Chris and Linda and Marie and Toph and Brent. And all of you that stick it out with this because you guys are the reason that we stay in this. You guys are the reason that we fight so hard. We stay active. How about um, Toph bought tickets for the uh, oh. the Strangleholder Constitution, man. Awesome, Toph. We'll see you up there. We got we got Kersey, Colorado. Roger, you know, we'd love to see you there. You guys, anybody from Colorado, you want to head out to that event, we'd love to see you there. There's going to be a bunch of the crew from MLL there. We can't wait to eat barbecue and watch Uncle Ted with you all. Um, like I always say, guys, if we don't stand for the liberties and freedoms that we have today, our children and our grandchildren, they're going gonna to have them tomorrow. So... We got to keep the fight. We got to keep up the push. We got to fight through these software issues. Uh, we're still going to be bringing you great guests. We're going to have, um, actually, from what I understand, is, is next Monday, do you guys know, uh, it's uh, a federal holiday. There will be a lot of us doing us, uh, things in our local communities. We'll let you guys know for sure if we're going to have a show or not. But this next Thursday, there won't be a show. We'll be starting on the Mondays with myself, Jermaine, and Jersey. Um, like you said, the roundtable. Louie will still be on Sunday and Logan and Troy on Wednesday. You guys... Thank you for joining us. Thank you for liking and sharing. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, appreciate you. Shannon's been watching for a long time, you guys. A year and a half uh, since American Radio Show kicked off clear back then. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, guys, for being in here. Zach, thank you. Jersey, if you want to give us the Liberty Prevails and we'll let these folks go this evening. God bless America. Love you all. Hey, God bless everybody. And as always, whether Mark Zuckerberg hates us, whether we're trying to find a platform, we know that you guys will support us and we appreciate that. And as always, that's the way that liberty prevails. Major League Liberty. Defending life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And our happiness is always destroying the globalist agenda, exposing the flaws in fake news media, and of course, providing excellent entertainment. <laughs>